Welcome to the Classroom Commute Podcast, a podcast for elementary teachers who want to feel inspired each week on your ride into school. I'm your host, Rachel, and my goal is to give you simple and actionable 21st century teaching strategies that you can take into your classroom to spark the love of learning in your students. You are already amazing, and together we're going places. Thanks for taking me along for the ride. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Classroom Commute Podcast. I am Rachel, your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, if you are like me in college, you likely learned all about the different ways that your students interact with new information. We refer to these often as learning styles. Now, I was taught that we all have this unique learning style and by absorbing new information in the way that fits my unique learning style will help me to be a better learner, right? You probably were taught that as well. You might also recall the multiple intelligence theory that supports these learning styles. And basically this theory says that we all learn the world through these learning styles or through our specific learning style and that we are programmed, so to speak, to learn through a specific learning style. Now, depending on where you look or where you're getting your information, Each learning style is defined a little differently, but the most commonly used learning styles are visual, kinesthetic, auditory, verbal, social, solitary, and logical. So just real quickly, I want to go over each one of these just so that as I'm referring to learning styles along the podcast here, you know what I'm talking about. So visual learners are often those learners that like pictures and diagrams. They like written language and they respond well to things like colors and color coding and mind maps. So the students who are visual, or sometimes they're called spatial learners, they might draw, they might make lists or take notes in order to interact and process new information. Kinesthetic learners, they learn by experiencing, by doing, by working with their hands and their bodies and getting up and going. Auditory learners learn best by listening. These are the students who prefer listening to something that you're saying rather than taking notes, or they think out loud, or they speak through something that they're learning. You might find that your auditory learners repeat back to you maybe directions that you've said in order to process what they're supposed to be doing. Verbal learners, very similar to this, also learn well to spoken word, and they use tools like rhymes or acronyms to kind of help them remember new information. Social learners, not surprising, social learners, they do best when they work along other students or in groups or in a whole class setting. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you have those solitary learners, the ones who learn best or work best when they're alone. And then finally, you have the logical learning style, and these are more your mathematical learners, students who use logic and structures in order to learn something effectively. Now, in recent studies, there has actually been some discussion about whether or not these learning styles truly do impact our ability to absorb new information. And actually, many studies have shown that focusing in or honing in on one particular learning style doesn't make us better learners. In fact, by putting students in a box, so to speak, of what their learning style is can actually limit their growth. Think of it this way. Just because they learn best or they learn well through audio doesn't mean that they can't gain a new perspective about a concept or a topic by also seeing that same content visually. So this was kind of the opposite of what many of us were taught in college. So the question is, are we supposed to just completely abandon this whole idea of learning styles? 
I say no. In fact, I think that what the research tells us, this new research, is actually quite encouraging. This new information is freeing. It's actually freeing us from what we have been previously taught. It means that we can all benefit from a variety of learning techniques and methods, and that when learning about a new topic, one technique or one learning style or one way of presenting new information might be better than others. So it can vary across the content. It also means that students do not need to be bound to one particular way of learning. And there are no excuses that a student can't learn simply because it's not in their learning style. Or worse yet, teachers decide that a student can't learn something because it's not presented in his or her learning style. And something else that the research says is that being exposed to several learning techniques in one particular learning experience is actually better than just being exposed to one way of presenting new information. So being exposed to many formats, many methods, many techniques only enriches our learning experiences. So while this new research changes how we apply the whole theory of learning styles in our classroom, I still think that understanding and including a wide range of learning techniques to support learning styles has its place in the classroom. And creating lessons and activities around these learning styles provides a way for teachers to differentiate their instruction. Rather than having students try to identify individual learning styles, I believe, and the research supports, that a better approach would be to encourage students to think about how they learn without any limiting factors like learning styles. Let's give them more opportunities to reflect on what would be the best way to learn this new information, this new information right now. And by exposing them to multiple learning methods along the way in your classroom, they'll begin to learn a variety of ways to take in new information. Students benefit more from thinking about how they learn than they do trying to fit content into a certain learning style. They might learn that in some instances, taking notes is the most helpful in that moment, or in other instances, that it's better for them to just listen rather than to read something, or draw a diagram rather than write down steps to something. And of course, they'll start to learn that different modes of learning will vary across the content areas. In math, they might find that diagrams work best. In social studies, they might find that moving around and acting out something in a historical event might be a better way to retain new information. And it's our jobs as teachers to provide all of these different ways for every student so that they can kind of cherry pick which ones work for them in different instances. Learning something new requires a lot of moving parts like building on prior knowledge or having new information repeated in a variety of ways over the course of several lessons so that students can start to build that framework of understanding. And we can't build a full understanding of something if we've only viewed it from the narrow lens of our proposed, I'm using air quotes, proposed learning style. So here's the thing. As teachers, we are lifelong learners. We are the teacher, but we are also the learner. And it's important to always be reflecting on those best practices, even if it goes against what we have previously used in our classroom or what we've been previously taught and built our instructional practices around. So while my initial reaction to this new study was to push back, when I dug a little deeper, it actually was encouraging to me that we as an education system are stepping away from the idea that students need to check off certain boxes 
boxes or fit into a learning box in order for us to best serve them. We like to provide education that is tailored to each student's needs, but this new information on learning styles actually tells us it doesn't have to be as complicated as we once thought. We don't have to be juggling all the balls in the air and have this particular learning style for this student and present information in this way for that student and so on. We can actually present information in a variety of ways for all students and have them all benefit from it. Learning is best when combining multiple activities, and I think that is really good news. So what do you think? What are your thoughts? I'd love to hear what you think around this new study, these new findings around learning styles. You can shoot me an email at hello at classroomnook.com and give me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All right, that is all I have for you today. I've got a lot of exciting things coming up in the next few weeks here on the podcast, so I hope you come back next week and tune in to another episode. Have a great week. Bye for now.